Welcome to Buy My Telingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. My guest today is a humanitarian worker with over 10 years of experience in communications and community engagement. She started her career as a corporate image manager at a Mexican NGO before venturing into the arts and cultural industry. She then transitioned to the United Nations as a communication specialist for the resident coordinator office in Mexico. My guest holds a bachelor's degree in communications and master's degree in contemporary art history. Her academic background complements her hands-on experience in public relations and communication with communities. She later served as an accountability to affected people AAP specialist at UNHCR Mexico, contributing significantly to ensure active participation from refugees in the decisions that affected their lives. Now she is an external relations officer at UNHCR Moldova. Thank you so much for being here today. I would like you to introduce yourself, as I always do with my guests, by telling us your name, the place you were born in, and where you currently reside. Sure. Well, hi, and thank you so much for the invitation. My name is Monica Vasquez. I was born in Mexico City, and I'm currently, I'm currently living in Chisinau in the Republic of Moldova. How many languages do you speak? I actually only speak two languages, English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And which one is your mother tongue? Spanish. At what age did you start learning English, your second language? Oof, uh, probably five years old. Yeah, in school. It was part of the school classes. Mm -hmm. And which language do you feel most comfortable with at this moment in time? Spanish. 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 Yeah, but it's a bit weird because now for work, for me, it's way out easier in English because I work in English. It's easier for me to express my job in English. Mm -hmm. That would have been right now a thought of mine, like how you communicate in Moldova, because um, the the official language is Romanian, is if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is Romanian. How similar is it to Spanish? Because it's the same family. Is Do you get confused at times? Of course, like there are times that I really don't understand the thing of what's happening around me. But in general, it is easy to understand. If I have a bit of context and there's not a lot of people like talking here and there, uh, for me, it's easy to understand. I have a lot of problems speaking and I don't have the right intonation or like the right words. But in terms of understanding, I can actually follow a full conversation. In mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just said uh, before that for you right now, it's easier speaking in English because your work evolves around that language. Do you remember when there was this switch in hierarchy of the languages was, or is was there a switch? I actually, I didn't notice it until last week. Oh, uh, yeah, because, uh, well, so I started working in English uh, mainly two years ago. And last week I was asked to actually do a webinar related to my work in Spanish. And I had so many like issues, like there were so many words I could not find. And then is when I realized and I even told them, like, I'm so sorry, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Um, so it's very recent that I realized that. Mm -hmm. And do you felt any fatigue trying to switch back and forth or finding the right explanation? 
I did. I I discovered myself, yes, that I was like struggling. It's like, I know this by heart. This is what I love. This is what I do. Why am I struggling so much? I work in an international organization. Uh, most of the terms were actually coined in English. So there is not even a proper translation to them. We just use them in English. So uh, when trying to explain to someone that it's not inside the organization, I think it becomes very challenging. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you now went back to Mexico and worked there or tried to explain your family at home, what you're working in, you'd have to really prepare for it and pull out the yeah. itinerary? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or just cut half of the things I do and just keep it very simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always call that like kitchen language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which language do you use for communicating emotional states? Spanish. And uh, when it comes to dreams, what language are you dreaming in? Uh, both, actually. Yeah, I think and also the switch of dreams happened mainly a year ago, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I switch. <laughs> mm -hmm. A quick recap. How long have you been in Moldova for now? Almost uh, two years now. Two years. Can you describe what you felt when you realized that you switched languages in your dreams? Did it have any effect on you? The truth is like, it's the second time that happens to me because I also did my master's abroad in California. Mm -hmm. And when I was in California, that mm -hmm. also happened. So uh, I think it was like, oh, it's happening again. So yeah, but here in general, not only my work, but many of my friends are also like, we communicate in English on a daily basis. So I don't think it was very strange. I think for me right now, yeah, no, with dreams is not that strange. For me, it's like super strange that uh, now I, some of the very basic words that I know either in Romanian or Russian, which is the other language that people speak here, I apparently use them indistinctively all over the place. I don't, <laughs> I don't actually realize anymore. It was success, right? I think so, yeah. But I traveled during Christmas and I found myself, instead of saying yes or see, saying da mm -hmm. to everything, <laughs> which is also yes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, what language are you memories in? Uh, Spanish. So I don't think a lot of my memories have actually many dialogue. <laughs> But it's interesting. And if you um, now, if you have an internal dialogue with yourself, you know, I don't know, you did something, fucked something up, sorry, or whatever happens, what language do you use in your thoughts? I use Spanish. Uh, normally, when I talk to myself, I use Spanish. When I talk to my cat, which is also to myself, I use Spanish. But weirdly, I sometimes journal, like I do journaling, and I sometimes do it in English. Do you know what it depends on? Not really. I just like, if I look back, it's like, oh, this is in English. Oh, oh this one is in Spanish. So I think now I'm, my brain mixes them. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Are there um, specific situations outside work, which we just discussed, that you would use a specific language for? Yes. For example, uh, here, there's not a lot of people that speak English. And I found, as you were saying at the beginning, I found out that actually Spanish is closer to Romanian. So, for example, when I go to the market, I prefer to speak in Spanish, a lot of sign language, too. 
but <laughs> between my very few Romanian and language and Spanish, I've discovered it's easier. So I change when I go to the market or when I go to services like the seamstress or the dry cleaner. Yeah, I think uh, in there where people don't speak English, I found way out more easy to relate with Spanish. Mm -hmm. And they would reply to you in Romanian? Yeah, they reply to me in Romanian. Some of them reply to me in Russian, but uh, it's okay. And um, I think there's also a cultural aspect there. Many people in a certain age around here was very fond of telenovelas. So the moment they uh, hear oh. the Spanish, they go like, oh, telenovelas. So yeah, they do remember Italia very much. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> how big they are in Romania and <laughs> um, do you, What about the rhythm of the language? Do you feel them? And um, do you feel any differences when you're switching? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, but Spanish is just beautiful when it flows and you can speak and express so much things. And English is just, for me, so blunt. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Spanish <laughs> seems very fast. <laughs> And very dynamic. Yeah. How does it affect your physical or emotional state, one language versus the other? I actually think this is exactly why my emotions are better expressed, like in Spanish, and I prefer them because, you know, I feel more the hit and the rhythm, the sadness. I have way more variation in the using of Spanish than like in English. Mm -hmm. In English, weirdly, it actually has a vocabulary that allows you to be more precise. But I think sometimes you just don't want to be so precise you need to convey an emotion. So mm -hmm. Spanish fits better. Do you feel a change in persona when you speak English versus Spanish versus Romanian? Um, I think so, yes. Like uh, Romanian, I definitely, I can barely speak a few things. So I'm definitely more shy. I'm not so sure of myself. Um, in English, I believe I tend to be a bit more formal because I'm used to more like the professional side of it. Um, yeah, I'm not that good at joking or... <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think that Spanish is definitely my most true self. Yeah. And how is your true self different? Well, I definitely talk way out more. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you, and maybe you are experiencing frustrations in Moldova because you, you are a Mitzvah language that you don't, you're not in command of. How do you cope with frustrations? Yeah, that comes pretty often. There's just days that you would love just to go for a coffee and make it simple, not to struggle with anyone. Yeah, there are just days that like, you know, you just want to find something and it's impossible yeah there's a lot of help and friends around but then there are just days that like yeah you feel so frustrated but i live here so you breathe in breathe out mm -hmm. it has been also my decision not to fully engage in romanian classes so i also understand i cannot just come to a country live in it and expecting everyone to like know my language Mm -hmm. So those days normally I remind myself I should learn. Can you talk a little bit about why you consciously decided not to take classes? Um, to be completely honest, it's because I was not going to stay here long. Originally, I was only arriving for six months. And then mm -hmm. those six months translated in another six. And eventually, <laughs> I've been here long. And I always thought it was for a short period of time. And the second uh, reason is because I'm 
actually learning French. I thought it was going to be too much. They're also the same language family. There can be confusions. How do your multiple language skills um, influence your work, if at all? I think it um, opens uh, more possibilities. It opens more space for engagement, for understand like other things. Um, it definitely enriches a lot of aspects. And when you work in a multicultural setting, it goes beyond the language. Like the same way you speak another language, you need to understand the colleague in front of you. It comes from the different place. Maybe their mother tongue is different. So at the end, most of us, we share one language, but we all speak another and we all have different cultures, values, ideas. Um, yeah, so everything. So I think it helps to not forget that. Mm -hmm. You're kind of tying in uh, with your response into my next question, which is about cultural belonging and language knowledge. You just said you come from different cultures, but you speak, you have this one Uber language, in, which is English. How much does that affect your singular cultures or are you creating actually a second or a third culture? I think, yeah, it does create a different culture. I don't know if a culture per se, but like I can definitely see it happen and uh, like also uh, when you work for the humanitarian world for these international organizations you start actually moving a lot and you still yeah definitely building relationships and the way of working engaging with people becomes different and I think you start taking from a lot of other cultures and like uh, enriching yours it could be yours from one perspective but could be a new one like if we're very thorough i think it actually it's a new one and you start finding traits in many people that have been around in this uh, network for long and you find similarities actually and ways of approaching that are very similar what do you mean with similarities um like uh in this of like yeah the perspective like maybe of life the openness you know to learn and receive like how much uh the people enjoy music and appreciate you know like even the most tiny thing in a tiny city uh because yeah it, everything it's about learning i think in general i've met people that is very eager to know every inch of the country they are in i think there are some traits that you can see and And actually, I think in, in Moldova, it's pretty easy to see. And it's very interesting because Moldova has also a long story with like their language. And the Romanian became their official language last year. They had Russian mm -hmm. and Romanian. And for a long time, they actually were officially not speaking Romanian. They were speaking Moldavian, mm -hmm. which is a variation of the Romanian language, but with the Cyrillic alphabet. And on top of that, even like this is a small country. And on top of that, they also have in the territory Gagausian, and they have a faction that speaks Turkish. And Gagausian is actually one of the endangered languages in the world. So you can tell how it is linked to culture. And it's very important for them, for the minority and for everyone. Like I think everyone in Moldova has taught me how important language is from a cultural perspective. Mm -hmm. And how important it is to make a statement out of your language and the language you speak. In terms of cultural belonging in language, now mm -hmm. since they speak three languages like Russian and Romanian and Gagauz, does the entire population identify with these three languages as their culture? Like, is it one culture? No, it's fragmented. And is then there again an uber culture? Like, how is the Moldavians have that? 
I think they do have it, but from their own perspective. So from as an outsider, you see them differently. But all of them do. Like, yeah, like in their own perspectives, all of them are like very, like, you know, very Moldovan. And like, they own it like heavily, but from their own. And mm-hmm. it's not shared. And it's uh, polarized. You know, like if you speak Gagawus, it's different. Like when you're like speak Romanian and you believe you're not Romanian. If you maybe are like an older, a lot of older people around here, the ones that still actually, if you ask, they will answer that they speak Moldovan. Not mm-hmm. Romanian, but then, then you have the Russian speakers, which are also, yeah, and a lot of them are bilingual, but they identify with one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, this relation, I think, of language and culture can be so complex. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You you also lived in the US, right? Yeah. And uh, where else did you live? So I live in the US, in San Francisco, and before that, I live in Madrid, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Now, having lived in so many places, would you describe yourself as a migrant? Yes, definitely. Can you define for yourself what is a migrant? I think you have maybe a different perspective or more input because you're working for UNHCR. For me, yeah, for me, a migrant, it's a person that moves from one place to another for different reasons. And yeah, then you can classify, you know, like the type of migration, maybe it's economic, maybe it's academic. Uh, But at the end, I think, in very, very simple, concrete words, is one person transferring from one place to another. And for the case of refugees, it's completely different. And uh, yeah, it's people fleeing conflict and violence. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, an international border. Mm-hmm. So um, I would also be migrant, right? If I moved from any country south to north, yeah. east, west. Yeah. In the end, we're all migrants then. I think, yeah, in the end, we're all migrants. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the idea of a universal language? I don't think it's possible. I know there's been attempts mm-hmm. to do it because I think it's not possible to do it. It's never neutral. And uh, I think it's always linked to a culture at the end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are so many internet languages coming up, right? The programming, the Java. It's, I mean, it's a whole, whole different world. Um, what if we evolve to the point? Can you imagine that might happen? I really can't mm-hmm. um, because even, you know, like maybe as an adult, not that much or not that visible. But I remember when we were kids, we used to, of course, speak Spanish and then we will add an F to every single word. And that was a full new language. So you were speaking in <laughs> F. Right? And I think we tried to do a lot of these things. When, like when you're growing up, you really try to uh, have something that no one else has. So you, know, like you have your private conversation with a friend or a family mm-hmm. um, we love codes we you know so i i think it's completely the opposite i think despite we're losing a lot of languages and a lot of indigenous languages in particular no i think it's completely the other way around and uh even what i was sharing in my work we use so many terms that are so specific to the type of work if you use all the acronyms and all of these to refer to a person that it's not familiar, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my recommendation every time I have a new colleague joining UNHCR is like grab a piece of a piece of paper, start drafting acronyms. Just every time you hear something you don't know, put it in the notebook and then research. Yeah, like acronyms. Like, what can you make an example? 
So I can make uh, an example is like, for example, uh, we work on AAP for CP, in particular with CWC. So we work in accountability to affected people for child protection with a focus on communication with communities. Got it. The acronym, and even when I share this with words, probably doesn't mean much. <laughs> no, I would also definitely have to do research. I read an interview um, of yours you gave last year uh, was a Moldovian paper, Media As, and you mentioned that the press also cannot understand the language. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think like UNHCR, they're helping so many people. And again, when it comes to language and translation, what do you think can be done that we understand each other better? Or should we water it down to this kitchen language? Um, Definitely. And this is something we work very hard in doing so. And for example, with journalists, this is why we not only give interviews, but we also have workshops. We try to approach. So uh, we simplify our language, but we also try to explain many of our terms, why we use them, what does it mean? So yeah, definitely it's a matter of working on it, uh, acknowledging it and creating bridges. Mm -hmm. Has your ability to speak multiple languages and like move between several cultures changed your worldview in any way? Yeah. Yeah, I think the more it's more rich and the more I move, the more I, I met new people, new cultures, new places, new ways of living and being. And yeah, I think the more open I am to others and differences, uh, I become more tolerant. Uh, you became more patient. Yeah, I think many, many traits. Mm -hmm. If you um, didn't have one language, would you feel any loss? Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. One question I started asking everyone, how about internet research? And especially because you're working for an international organization, do you always research the internet in one language or do you sometimes switch? I switch uh, a lot. Uh, yeah, I switch a lot. And uh, yeah, here, even when Google or any of the search engines can do the translation for you and Google in your language around you, I discover it's not so efficient. So many times I'm researching in Russian or researching in like Romanian. So to find resources like around me and uh, for work, I tend to search a lot in French or in English, for example. And yeah, like for more everyday things, facts or random like things in life, then is when I use the Spanish. Mm -hmm. Do you recognize any differences based on your search oh yeah definitely i think you like um yeah we all live in this bubble where our digital world give us what we want <laughs> actually they feed us with our preferences so i think when you start changing language you expand a bit mm -hmm. and you open a bit of new channels new like resources mm -hmm. that were not there before do you have any specific area within a language that you can only recall in that language like for me, it's numbers. Maybe. But I think um, I cannot pinpoint something that I feel more. I can tell you the opposite. I'm very good at learning about food. I can order without a translator. <laughs> How do you acquire that knowledge? Through reading the science or 
at the beginning, it was a matter of like photo and the translator, but that took me literally a few weeks. And then quickly it's like, these are basically in my life. I need to learn. This is chicken. This is like lamb. This is veggies. And yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. that one was sold pretty easily. And it, that happens to me in many languages. It's one of the things. Yeah. And I'm very invested in food and eating. So mm -hmm. <laughs> like Spanish people, it's a cliche. <laughs> That was actually my last question. I was wondering, is there anything you would like to add to the conversation or ask? Um, I think one question. Why did you start? Why language? Because I did it at my residency in Banff. And there were so many international art peers. And I speak five languages. And I always feel or often I felt like completely scattered because switching back and forth, going into worlds and out of worlds. It's enriching, but it can be like tiring. Like, you know, these are the questions I ask how other people experience it. And I was interviewing people because I was doing like a body of work and the, and the characteristics of language. And yeah, I thought I would make an art piece out of it. So I had all these questions and I started cutting and I realized, no, I can't do that because every single person I interviewed had their own story and emotions and feelings and life and experience and Path. And I didn't want to take that away. And then I thought, just put it out there for other people. Um, what you said, speaking many languages makes you more tolerant and open-minded and understanding towards ourselves, being in the end the same at our core, like human with the same needs, like sleep yeah. and food. And um, yeah, there's just so many layers that are being overimposed through language. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and I've always been very curious about language, but yeah, here I, I, it's been so interesting to understand, to learn. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's been very mind blowing this experience mm -hmm. because I've met international people before, even in Mexico when working, many of my, of my peers were international. So it, Spanish was not their first language. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but learning here, uh, the language situation has been very, very interesting. And yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I think it's, it can be exhausting too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You will be so interested in many of the children from my colleagues, mm -hmm. uh, especially the ones that move around. It's insane. I met five-year-olds who already speak four languages. Wow. Yeah, people always make such a fuss about, oh, too many languages and children pick it up. It's like, yeah. they're like sponges. I mean, we, we're supposed to be sponges, but they're like just sucking everything in, right? Yeah, and they've moved with their parents. So, you know, like one parent speaks Italian, the other parent speaks French. Parents speak, uh, I don't know, like English, like, and they live in Mexico. So they address one in, like they listen to English all day, but they speak Italian to one, French to the other, and they go to school in Spanish. Thank you very much for joining this podcast episode again today. I appreciate you. To find out more about Monica and the UNHCR's work, please visit their website at unhcr.org. Until next time, be well.